0: Welcome to the Evolved Athlete podcast where the best in the business bring you the best in fitness, nutrition, wellness and overall making you the best athlete of all time. We're host Coach P and his fellow coaches Kayla, Destiny, Jen and Ian take you on a path to greatness. Let's get on with our guest and let's have a great time. Let's roll. Welcome to the Evolved Athlete Podcast. I am your host, Coach P, and we are back with this time, just a science episode with your one and only host, Coach P. And big things that I'm going to be talking about today is what I've been really, really passionate for. And the content that I've been creating lately and talking about this in my courses as well is oftentimes one of the biggest issues we have when it comes to losing weight or starting to improve our health when we start trying to go back to the gym is our sedentary behavior. Sedentary behavior has been running rampant in our society of late due to the fact that we have this increased amount of technology that is being given us all sorts of avenues towards figuring out how to do things easier, which in essence is fantastic. But because of this, regular physical activity has been blunted and our rates of physical activity have been going down over the years. Combine that with not having a good, wholesome nutrition, and it creates big, big time-related issues for our health. And the biggest thing that we need to target now and talk about is even when we think that we're being active, even when we think that we are going to the gym and giving our all when it comes to our fitness, even when we are going three, four, sometimes five times a week, we might be thinking that that is enough to overall be healthy. And although it is great uh, that when we do our resistance training, we do our cardiovascular training, if we are still participating in primarily sedentary behaviors when we're at home, that can actually undo a lot of the wonderful adaptations that we get from the normal amount of physical activity that we're doing, especially if we're sitting for over five to six hours per day. So what I'd like to do today As I'm jumping in with all all the science behind the sedentary issues is actually give you guys insights into, okay, well, what does sitting down actually do to us? How does it negatively impact our health? Why is it that even though I go to the gym one hour a day, five times a week, that when I go home and I do all my at-home work meetings where I'm sitting at my desk, that that's enough to undo all the good hard work I just did? And we're going to go through that exactly mechanistically and what actually happens under the hood when it comes to why sitting for prolonged periods leads to detrimental health despite going to the gym. And this is, then I'm going to give you insights how I'm also going to suggest how do we break the cycle? How do we improve? How do we keep ourselves healthy when we're going to the gym, despite having these jobs where we have to be glued to our computers all the time and on the phone and in these seated positions? And then I'm also going to go through not only the science behind how it relates to all-cause mortality and sorts of diseases, but how it can also diminish you uh, when it comes to physical activity performance and how it could potentially result in things such as uh, disfragmented breathing and could also result in uh posture related issues that make it difficult to put our best foot forward when it comes to providing uh, uh, health and fitness. And then ultimately, what can we do about this? So first, let's jump into how bad this is right now. And with a couple of review articles that I compiled from this, we can we can now see that at least one third of the global population, 15 years and older, engages in insufficient physical activity, which affects overall health. And we have been measuring this as the average daily duration of sedentary behavior for most people is damn near close to eight hours a day. And if that and that's in other countries, in the United States, that has been found to be at least seven and a half hours of sedentary behavior. Every single day That is a lot of sitting down And unfortunately These sedentary lifestyles Are spreading Due to not only The lack of available spaces For exercise But also due to the Increased occupational uh ha- occupational settings that these uh, uh, jobs often entail. So setting behaviors such as office work and the increased penetration of watching television and looking at our phones and playing video games. And unfortunately, this is also associated with health problems that are on the rise. And there are various mechanisms by which sedentary lifestyle can affect the human body that I'm going to go through with every with you all today. That includes things like sedentary behavior, reducing lipoprotein lipase activity. It decreases muscle glucose and our ability to metabolize carbohydrate. It affects our protein transporter activities and impairs lipid metabolism and how we break down fat for energy. And all of these things can result in the development of other more strenuous chronic diseases. Furthermore, it also decreases our cardiac output and our ability for the body to be able to have proper systemic blood flow while also activating the sympathetic nervous system. And we see that many individuals are constantly in this state of fight or flight. And when I'm talking with a lot of the athletes that I work with at Evolve, it's it's all of these constant things that I see that are, are apparent in most of the individuals I work with as far as overthinking, constantly being in a stressed out state and having problems getting to sleep at night and all of these sedentary behaviors could be potential reasons for why these. These things are happening and why it's becoming more difficult for us to lose weight even when we're engaging in weight loss activities. And if we look at this even further, we also see that sedentary behavior re, re, uh, results in reduced insulin sensitivity and even poor vascular function. Okay, And we also know, and this is a really big one, all right, is that we also see that it alters insulin-like growth factors and the circulation of sex hormones, which can actually elevate the incidence of hormone-related Cancers. And furthermore, and this is the big one, all right, it also affects what is called the gravitostat in the human body, which is the natural body weights homeostasis meter, which can negatively impact things such as weight gain, our accrual of adiposity and fat in our midsection, and can even elevate chronic inflammation in the body, which can improve our risk factors for for cancer. And improving is not in the good sense here. It increases our risk of cancer. And so with all of these things, with all of these increases in all-cause mortality and increasing in all these chronic disease and morbidity risks, we really need to start taking it more seriously when it comes to the amount of time we're spent sitting down, even when we think we are being active throughout the day by going to the gym. Okay, And so where we're going to start with this is first, we have to identify what is sedentary behavior. How can I identify what is classified as sedentary behavior? And so What we know and how we can define is that sedentary behavior is defined as any waking behavior such as sitting or leaning or lying down with an energy expenditure of one and a half metabolic equivalent tasks or less, so METS. And and this and this definition was proposed by the Sedentary Behavior Research Network in 2012 and is currently the most widely used definition of sedentary behavior. It can include activities such as television viewing, playing video games, using your computer, sitting down at school Or work at your desk, hunched over, sitting on Zoom meetings constantly, being on sales calls, all right? All of these things are an accrual of sedentary behaviors. And unfortunately, the causes of this is all over the map from poor participation in physical activity that's influenced by poor traffic conditions, traffic congestion, needing to. uh, commute to work, air pollution, shortage of parks or pedestrian walkways, uh, and even a lack of sports and leisure facilities. Um, when I when I lived in Phoenix, Arizona, um, during my PhD, um, there was actually a big research project going on within the College of Health Solutions that was trying to address this issue of lack of walkability in our neighborhoods, and and especially in so poor socioeconomic uh, areas of certain counties and, and states, we see this as a really big problem, and this is usually where a lot of the increase in the sedentary populations usually begin is in these poorer socioeconomic areas. And when they lack the walkability to be able to get places safely, that can really make it more difficult for those populations to become more physically active and to be able to actually do leisure types of activities outside and so we can also combine all of these things with increased television viewing video viewing cell phone usage which have all been found to be positively correlated with an increasingly sedentary lifestyle and unfortunately we see these behaviors are only projected to continue okay but they will have a large impact on the overall health of our global population where many of the people worldwide engage in these sedentary lifestyles especially when 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 it comes to, it is being well known now for a fact that people just aren't getting enough physical activity, all right? And it has a detrimental impact on health. We know now that physical inactivity is the fourth leading risk factor for all-cause mortality, and accounts for nearly 6% of all deaths on the earth. And despite the fact that sedentary behavior poses a comparable risk to health, it contributes to the prevalence of so many other diseases that are related to not getting enough physical activity. And unfortunately, we're seeing this not only have an impact on middle-aged and older adults, but also, it's starting to begin happening in younger children, particularly after the times of COVID that literally shut us inside and also had an impact on mental health. We see now that mental health issues are at an all-time high ever since COVID uh, came and went throughout its time, only increasing the overall reliance on the system and, and being more sedentary when it comes to our living, um, our living circumstances. So let's dive into now... What types of things are associated with sedentary lifestyles? And it's it goes all the way down the line from being uh, increased all-cause mortality with risks of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, hypertension, and all sorts of cancer, including breast, colon cancer, endometrial, uh, and even epithelial ovar- ovarian cancer has also been found to be related to this as well. And so we have to start t- paying attention to what physiological features are are going to be a result of these sedentary lifestyles because we also know how sedentary lifestyles are associated with metabolic dysfunction and our ability to not only process carbohydrate and utilize glucose well in the blood, but also processing fat through lipid metabolism, which can also negatively impact not only fat buildup in the blood, but also cholesterol and reduce our overall insulin sensitivity. And so what I want to start with first um, is okay. Well, what happens here? Why is it that these things happen underneath the hood? And so, the first place that I want to start here is how is it that we, you know, all of a sudden have issues with certain processes in the body that have to do with cholesterol or insulin sensitivity? And what we know is that we have this protein called lipoprotein lipase. All right. This is a protein that interacts at the cellular level. And what we know from uh, what happens with hypertension is when severe hypertension occurs, especially when it comes to D, uh, diabetes-induced lipidemia, LPL activity is diminished by physical activity. And when it cannot do its job, we see that it results in prevalency of many other types of chronic diseases. Okay, And because physical activity... Uh, inactivity inhibits um, this lipoprotein lipase activity, we can also see this happens in skeletal muscle. And it can impact skeletal muscle's ability for its metabolism of fat, which is going to be very, very detrimental in its ability to become metabolically efficient. And so where I'd like to start with all of these things is start with how it ties to cardiovascular disease. And so with sedentary lifestyle being strongly associated with cardiovascular disease, we see that the total daily sedentary time and television viewing time are highly correlated when we look at all the epidemiological research and showing that individuals over time who sat for more than six hours a day had a two-fold higher all-cause mortality risk compared to people who only sat down or watched TV for two hours a day. Okay, Whereas if you you look at, even if you just watch more than four hours, Hours of TV per day. And you can actually count this as looking at your phone, watching TV, or even watching videos on your computer. If it accrues upwards of over four hours a day or more, you have a 1.5 chance of higher all cause mortality from all certain types of cardiovascular diseases. And so it becomes really, really important that we engage in more frequent physical activity to help reduce our overall relative risk and hazard ratio with all-cause mortality. So it becomes very, very important to realize how detrimental sedentary lifestyle can be. So let's dive into what happens and what mechanisms can be explained by increasing its risk of diabetes. And so we have to consider its negative impact on your metabolic health. And the biggest things that we see when it comes to how sedentary lifestyle affects your chances of getting diabetes in uh, during your lifetime is due to the fact that it explains when we look at prolonged sitting, it affects not only the content, but also the activity of certain muscle glucose transporter proteins. And as a result, that prolonged muscle inactivity reduces that lipoprotein lipase activity that is supposed to regulate blood lipid concentration. So it's supposed to regulate the amount of fat that is existent in your blood. And unfortunately, that can also negatively impact carbohydrate metabolism through various pathways, making it more likely for you to develop glucose regulation issues. And if you have glucose regulation issues, you are going to develop insulin sensitivity issues, which will eventually lead to insulin resistance and you developing diabetes. So it becomes very, very important to understand the links between increasing your risk of overall diabetes. We can also see this link to hypertension, all right? And many individuals in our country are at high risk of hypertension, either from consuming uh, food from the Western diet, high fat, high, high, and then high carbohydrate and highly processed, and what we see is it's actually the impact on our central nervous system and sedentary this lifestyles impact on stimulating the sympathetic nervous system specifically because what we see when you sit down for two for longer periods of time it alters the blood pressure because it alters your cardiac output and total peripheral vascular resistance and as a result it reduces. The metabolic demands and system, systemic blood flow and stimulate your sympathetic nervous system, thus decreasing insulin sensitivity and vascular functioning, while also increasing the amount of oxidative stress that is placed onto your cardiovascular system. And because of this, this can also cause issues with inflammation and cause low-grade inflammatory cascade effects that happen inside your body. So in English, what this does is it forces your cardiovascular system to have to work harder and it forces it to constantly be in this stressed out state with your sympathetic nervous system. And when your nervous system is in a constant fight or flight at all times, we know that this increases your resting heart rate, this reduces cardiac output, and also negatively impacts your heart rate variability. And if you are in a constant state of stress, it's very, very difficult for you to be able to not only digest properly, but also to be able to relax, to be able to think clearly. We know that there is a big, big tie between your which. You know what end of the spectrum you're on and your ability to make effective choices. Because we know that when you're overly stressed, when you're in fight or flight, that you are actually not able to process and think clearly, right? Your executive functioning part of your brain is literally cut off to where you are more just fight or flight, fight or flight, fight or flight. And as a result, that's going to affect all different levels of executive function. That includes volition, decision-making, motivational planning, all these other things that are important for making wise and healthy choices. And we know that there is a bi-directional relationship between physical activity and cognitive function, okay? And then of course, sleep and, con- and sleep and physical activity and cognitive function as well. And so, and when you pair this all together, you actually may be less likely to make healthier choices when you are in that stressed out state. And so, and therefore adding on more fuel for the fire when it comes to the negative impact, okay? And what this all will result in is when you have this increased sympathetic nervous system activity as well, it'll also increase your risk of hypertension and high blood pressure. And so, So really, really important that we understand how this is all tied together in one big, neat little package. (laughs) We even see this uh, causing dyslipidemia as well. Because sitting too often can induce metabolic dysfunction that will actually elicit things like high levels of triglycerides in the blood, reduced HDL cholesterol, which is your good cholesterol that cancels out LDL cholesterol in the blood, and also results in diminished insulin sensitivity issues. And this will increase your risk of dyslipidemia of, of what we know as high, high total cholesterol, Okay, which can also be associated with... Cardiovascular disease, atherosclerosis, and all other forms of cardiovascular disease. And then, of course, this is also, you know, seen to be related to obesity. And obesity being one of the biggest battles that fitness professionals alike and health professionals alike are battling on the daily with all of the athletes that we take care of. Um, And so how this relates to obesity specifically, and this is going to be where we we start talking about the gravitostat, all right? The gravitostat, which is our body's main system for maintaining consistent body weight. We know that for individuals who sit too long, this actually becomes dysregulated and it will have an influence on appetite, which can actually also reduce the ability for you to be able to actually abide by a proper hormonal profile when it comes to your hunger hormones. And if you are more prolonged for sitting down, this could also lead to increase in weight gain, especially when you combine that with less actual physical movement. Movement every single day and creates this perfect storm for your ability for your body to lose weight. And so it becomes very, very prominent in the issue when it comes to <clears throat> being able to associate sedentary time and obesity, right? We also see this with Cancer risk, right? When we have high levels of sedentary behavior, it also is closely related to prevalence of cancer, right? Because we see with individuals the cancer risk is 13% higher. In the individuals who have the longest sedentary time compared with the shortest sedentary time. And that shortest also has an increased risk as well. And so, and we see specifically that prolonged sitting will increase your risk of colorectal cancer, endometrial related issues in cancer, ovarian cancer, and even prostate cancers, which are on the rise, particularly um, in, in, in the male population. Um, and there's also significant correlations, and this is the biggest one is between cancer mortality and the incidences that we see of breast cancer as well, which can be positively associated. Now, of course, as we know, association is not causation. But when you add all of these things together, we do see this as increased risk of sedentary lifestyle across the board, with health related issues sedentary lifestyle and osteoporosis is also a big connection and this totally makes sense right because if you're inactive you're going to have lower levels of bone mineral density especially as you age and if you're a middle-aged woman going through osteoporosis and you are not active you're going to be even at higher risk for bone mineral density issues have increased rates of fall when you're older and higher risk of injury and becomes an even bigger issue because we know that the best thing for Increased bone mineral density is movement with load, walking, lifting weights with resistance training, or just any type of physical activity where there is some level of impact is what's going to place stress on the bones for them to become stronger. And we see the strongest populations in bone mineral density are those who perform resistance training. And so, if you are if you are inactive, if you are sedentary, we're definitely going to see issues related to this area. Um, We also see prolonged issues with musculoskeletal diseases with individuals who are sedentary and simply not engaging in physical activity that keeps our muscle healthy. And so the biggest thing that I wanted to make sure that I touch on is all of these are physical related ailments. But the one big thing I haven't talked about yet, and this is the one that's really, really big across all age groups now is mental health. And we know or a fact that sedentary lifestyles are highly associated with things like depression and cognitive function related issues. And although, you know, we could be doing the things that, you know, are supposed to be active when it comes to, yes, being sedentary, we're sitting down, we're learning, we're in classrooms, we might be sitting down listening to music and all of these things. But unfortunately, sedentary behaviors are associated with issues related with, uh, with, with mental health, um, especially after COVID, and we see increased levels of depression. We actually know now, in comparison to medication, that physical activity is one of the best therapeutic treatments you can utilize to improve depression-like symptoms across the board, and becomes very, very likely that physical inactivity is a leading cause of this because there is such a large cascade of positive processes that occur in the brain and in the body when you're performing physical activity. And so the actual mechanism that underlies the correlation between sedentary behavior and depression may involve the fact that sedentary behaviors increase the risk of, de- of depression by blocking direct communication and lowering of social interactions and reducing the available time to engage in physical activities that help prevent and treat depression as well. And of course, this all also relates to poor cognitive function that we see as well. As I just described, when you're in a more sympathetic state, you'll be, have less access to be able to actually utilizing executive functioning properly, and that can affect the benefits that come with physical activity as well. So, what is it that we can do about this? How is it that we can, you know, all of a sudden figure out okay, well, if I have all these issues with sedentary behavior, or if I have this job that requires me to nonstop be at, nonstop be on my computer, I have meetings on Zoom, you know, I have to do the things that are required of me to support my family, but they're all sedentary. What are things that I can do to fight off this risk? And we have to make sure that we are as physically active as possible because there is an attenuation effect that we see. So first, let's go over how much sedentary activity is too much. And any amount of sedentary activity that's over the level of four to six hours per day has markedly higher mortality risks compared to all others. And so what we need to see is how, although we might be active somewhat by going to the gym, yes, it can have some sort of attenuation effect. There are recent studies that show that increasing physical activity can offset the adverse impacts of sedentary behavior. Um, however, we need to be aware of how much. And so what we see from various studies um, that when we look at mortality, it actually was not elevated in people who engage in high levels of, of moderate intensity physical activity, which means at least 60 to 75 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity per day, even when they have over eight hours of sedentary time. Now, however, you need to be sure that it's every day. I don't know many individuals that I work with who get over 60 to 75 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity per day. That is not getting 10,000 steps per day. All right. 60 to 75 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity per day means getting your heart rate up damn near close to over 75% of your heart rate of your VO2 max. Um, And so that's going to be, depending on your age, a much higher heart rate and it has to be consistent in that way. And so, and most people aren't doing that, especially if they're going to the gym and doing resistance training. Although you might be working hard, lifting heavy weights, it is our heart rate does not stay high consistently when you're doing sets of squats, deadlifts, and all these other things. It might be higher. It might be pretty high in that moment of doing that really hard set, but then you have all these rest periods and they're all very intermittent and you're not getting the continuous effects of... Your, or the adaptation with the cardiovascular system in that way. And so that is a big thing that we need to teach others as far as what denotes uh, or what is classified as 60 to 75 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity. Okay, Resistance training might not be enough to offset that sedentary behavior. And so we have to really start seeing that it is very, very important to be aware of your activities. Um, furthermore is the impact of the amount of sedentary time is going to have on overall posture related issues because we know that when you sit down way too often that is going to negatively impact physical activity function you know we often sit too much this causes tightness in the hip flexors Um, it causes inefficiency of the gluteal muscles you know this gluteal amnesia um, that people talk about a lot where the it's not that the glutes don't work, all right? Your glutes do work. They have to or else you wouldn't be able to stand up and be able to engage the hips into hip extension. But because you sit down so much that the tightness in the hip flexors and being used to being in that shortened position, that they will your glutes will no longer be as efficient. And so and the only way to improve that is to do more hip extension, do more glute-related specific work. You need to stand up more often. And be able to offset a lot of that sitting time in order to not only reduce your posture-related issues, but to be able to improve the way that you move when you're doing physical activity. So what else can we do to break these things up, especially when it comes to carbohydrate metabolism? Because we see when you are sedentary that it will actually impede the your ability to utilize proper carbohydrate and lipid metabolism appropriately within muscle tissue. And so... All this coming together is what can we do? What are the major recommendations for people who are sedentary? And so I'm going to take you through what it is that I do with all of my athletes that I work with at Evolve and how I teach my students at the university. And when it comes to sedentary activity, what we see the most impactful thing you can do besides, you know, what I just suggested uh, has been seen in the research literature is you need to break up your day as much as you possibly can. All right. If you're sitting down for periods of a half an hour to 45 minutes for a certain period of time, that should be your key right there to get up and move for at least 10 minutes and then stand for that amount of time. And so if you are breaking up your workday, especially if you have a sedentary job and you're at your desk, you work from home, Um, And you're constantly on a computer, even for my fitness coaches who are constantly on their computers on meetings, uh, or doing sales calls, you got to break up your day. And so keep a sit to stand ratio. And I like to even take it even, even step further and call it sit to stand to move ratio. If you sit for a half an hour to 45 minutes, make sure that the next 30 minutes to 45 minutes, you are standing. And then after that, go for a walk, all right? I actually like to break it up in the middle where if I know that I'm sitting down for a half an hour to 45 minutes, I'm gonna go move for 10 minutes, go for a walk. This will also make sure that I get at least a thousand steps in or so. And when I do that, you know, six or seven, eight times a day on top of everything else I'm doing, that helps me reach my total amount of steps per day. And then I come back and I start all over again because we do know that, breaking up your sedentary activity with those walks and including those standing positions is actually enough to help offset the negative impact that comes from that sedentary activity. So that's step number one, all right, Um, as far as limiting the overall negative effect on sedentary activity. In order to do that, and this is part two, is you have to get some sort of, if you know you're gonna be working at your desk all day long at home in your home office or when you're at work, get some sort of modification for your desk to have a standing desk. So whether you actually invest in purchasing a straight up standing desk that moves independently whenever you choose with the press of a button or the press of a lever, or get a standing desk riser that are much less expensive that you can simply put on top of your desk and put your monitor on top and move it up and down whenever you'd like. They're normally half the cost of an actual standing desk. And I actually make sure that I have one in each and every environment that I work. I have a standing riser that I have on my desk at the university that I use. I have an actual standing, motorized standing desk at home in my home office, though I know if I'm going to be working at home that I'll have access to do it there. Um, and just always make sure that you're on a schedule, all right? Have a reminder. I actually have a kitchen timer um, that I keep on my desk at all times that not only allows me to use that as a Pomodoro timer, you know, to help me stay on task and help get things done when I'm blocking out time. So a little time management uh, pill there, but also to help make sure that I'm... Sp- splitting up the day as best as I can and not sitting for too often. The next thing is making sure that I am getting ample physical activity and reaching those designated numbers of moderate to vigorous activity each and every week. And so just to abide by ACSM standards and the CDC, we need at least 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous activity per week, or at least one hour of vigorous physical activity per week. And then at least doing resistance training that stimulates all major muscle groups at least two to three times per week. And so making sure that we're hitting those minimum levels of physical activity across all modalities of resistance, cardiovascular, and flexibility is what's going to really help keep us healthy and help us abstain from the negative impacts of sedentary lifestyles. We can all control you know, the impact of sedentary lifestyles. We just have to really prioritize it. We have to actually set the intent to do so And then we have to come up with strategies that are going to help us. It is very, very simple, all right? There's nothing crazy about changing positions often. And when it comes to posture-related issues as well, you will actually hear most physical therapists will say that the next posture is the best posture when it comes to fixing posture-related issues that are a result of sitting down. And so I really, really implore you all to really take this serious, all right? Because sedentary activity is now one of the leading issues that is causing a lot of the insufficiency of physical activity and the increased risk of all-cause mortality and all these chronic diseases that we are trying to fight off every day that just ramp up the medical costs in our country. And we know that physical activity really is not only the best treatment for so many other Cardiovascular related issues, and is not only the best lifestyle intervention, but is also one of the great teachers that not only helps us mentally, but also helps us understand the value of hard work, of consistency, of building discipline. I'll tell you what. There is not one aspect of your life that is not positively impacted when you are consistent with being physically active. You feel happier. You always feel more engaged. You feel more fulfilled. Physical activity is that one thing that cannot be ignored. It must be a part of your lifestyle. And especially with my adults and my parents, I implore you to lead the way with this. Show your family, you know, you know, lead by example is the best way to get people around you more physically active. Because I know I do work with some parents who this is a big concern of theirs of how do they get their kids interested in physical activity? Lead lead the way, the younger, the better. All right. Show them what it means to adopt a health and fitness lifestyle. Because one of the biggest things I do get back all the time is, well, they don't listen to me. And I know that, you know, I know we need to change. I know we need to do this and I do that. It's like lead by example and show how it positively impacts your life. All right. And the rest will follow, especially if you educate and show the benefits of living that lifestyle. So I really want to help push the bar here and recommend it to everyone that Sedentary life is not a lifestyle we need to adopt. We need to be physically active. We need to understand the negative ramifications that sedentary activity can have on our lives. And we need to understand what it means to be able to be physically active, to help not only live longer lives disease-free, but also have a high quality of life so that when we get to our older ages, we're still able to take care of ourselves. We're still able to have a really fulfilling life without negative ramifications that come with aging. As always, if you're interested in more, please leave a feedback for us um, at the end of the podcast here on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We are always looking to improve the podcast and want to make sure that we give as much value to our audiences at all time. Be sure to continue to check Evolve Health and Performance for all of your growth needs in the areas of fitness and nutrition. Be sure to check out our awesome Instagram pages of all of our coaches and our entire team. If you're interested in coaching with the best, be sure to listen to the outro and be sure to Find us on Instagram and our Facebook community. As always, keep pushing yourselves. Keep trying to build and become the absolute best versions of yourselves. And as always, become the Evolved Athlete. This has been Coach P, and I'll see you in the next one. Coach Bs out. If you like today's episode, please be sure to drop a like, share it with all your friends, and give us a great review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to work with the best in the business, please be sure to head over to all of our social media pages at Evolve Health and Performance. Us at Evolve, we're trying to make you the best athlete of all time and realize your full potential. Stay tuned for all future episodes where we bring you the best guests and features for everything health, fitness, and wellness. For everything Evolve, stay tuned. Coach P's out.